Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Cleveland Browns met with Deshaun Watson yesterday. Reportedly, team owner Jimmy Haslam, GM Andrew Barry, and coach Kevin Stefanski flew to Houston to meet with Watson after he was deposed in two of the 22 civil lawsuits that he's facing. So they got on the jet, and they went to meet with him. While they were doing so, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield jumped on Twitter, and he posted a two-page screenshot of a letter that started with the following, and I quote, Cleveland, the past four years have been nothing short of truly life-changing since I heard my name called in the draft to go to Cleveland. This is not a message with hidden meaning. This is strictly to thank the city of Cleveland for embracing my family and me. End of quote. All right, so why don't we start to unpack this? Now, you might be thinking, kind of strange to be thanking a city when you're still under contract for the upcoming season. Don't guys normally post something like that after they've been dealt? And you might be thinking that even though he says this is not a message with a hidden meaning, there is a hidden meaning in this. I don't know about that. I don't know that there is a hidden meaning in that. Seems to me the meaning is pretty damn obvious. The meaning is out in the open. I don't think he's trying to hide anything at all. It seems to me what he wants is out. He wants out. He's not trying to hide that either. My man wants out. He went on, quote, I have no clue what happens next, which is the meaning behind the silence I have had during the duration of this process. I can only control what I can, which is trusting in God's plan throughout this process. End of quote. He also went on, quote, I've given this franchise everything I have. That is something I've always done at every stage and at every level, and that will not change wherever I take my next snap. Whatever happens, I just want to say thank you to the fans who truly embraced who I am and the mentality that aligns so well with this city's hardworking people. End of quote. Once again, no need to look for a hidden message there. It's pretty much spelled out. You drop that note on the day that the team is meeting with another quarterback, and there is no hidden meaning in that. He wants out. And it doesn't matter whether they get Watson or not. It seems to me he still wants out. He might not get what he wants, but he's at least trying to get some leverage in a situation where, frankly, he doesn't have much. Now, on the one hand, I really do see Baker working. He's pissed. Almost every quarterback in the league would feel the same way. You're chasing some other guy, but you're saying, I'm still the guy. Make that make sense. Not every guy would take to social media the way he did, but they'd all be thinking the exact same thing. They'd all be feeling the exact same thing. You're telling me I'm the guy, but you're all gassing up the private jet to go meet with the other guy. You know, I keep the private jet. And they keep that private jet, and they use it to go see Deshaun Watson. So the Browns had to know that was coming. If they know Baker at all, they had to know that he was going to respond like that. Why? Because this is who he is. You think a guy who's had a chip on his shoulder as long as anybody has known him and has always been looking to prove everybody wrong every step of the way was just going to be cool with his coach going to meet with another quarterback to pitch him on coming to Cleveland. Did you think that he was going to be cool with that? 
Did you think he was going to be good with someone else getting a chance to finish what he had started? Did you think that he would not take to social media with it? Hell no. They knew it. They had to expect it. They clearly don't care. The team doesn't care. If you're flying to meet with a guy who is facing 22 civil lawsuits and a likely league suspension, and they know that on top of all of that, they're going to have to give up at least three first-round picks, and more than that, I'm sure, then very clearly they don't give a damn what Baker thinks. They don't give a damn how Baker feels. And listen, there's no doubt that Watson is a better quarterback than Mayfield. I'll be very clear about that. I'm not saying that he's not. Baker probably is the only person who would say otherwise. However, Mayfield has never been named in 22 lawsuits alleging sexual harassment and worse. Like, it's kind of wild that we're in this spot right now. You can't say it wasn't cool for him to go on social media like that. He'd probably say, yeah, well, it wasn't cool for my coach, my GM, and the other team owner to go recruit some other guy. Neither side really cares at this point. Both sides are looking out for their own interests, and I get that. And I also want to be clear about this. Mayfield was not good last year. He was not good at all last year. Not even close. He wasn't what they needed last year. Clearly, the team thinks he's not what they need going forward. Now, how much of that was about the torn labrum? How much of that was about some weird play calling? How much of that is the fact that he's just not good enough? It could be all of the above and more. But just because he and the team had a brutal 2021 does not mean that anybody should forget what he did while he was there and why he might be pissed right now. Let's just remember this because so many of you are so quick to rush in and kill this guy. Remember, he came to a team that was 0-16 the year before they drafted him. They were 1-15 the year before that. So they were 1-31 before he arrived. And he had them in the playoffs just two years later. Now, you can say that was not all him. But you can't say that none of that was him. Do you remember what it was like to get drafted by the Browns before Baker? It was a death sentence for your career. The question was, could you survive long enough to get out of Cleveland to get some, to some other team? Before it was, time to die. Time to die. How bad was Cleveland? So bad it almost ruined Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. The hood man was eight games under 500 in Cleveland. And really nobody wanted to go there until Baker. The franchise was an absolute joke for decades And he helped turn them into America's team. He got them to a spot where you could talk about the Browns in the Super Bowl and you wouldn't be clowned for it. Not only was it not laughable, it became the expectation. It was the expectation last year, which is wild. And it's also wild that this is where we are right now. Wild that that relationship got that bad that fast. I mean, listen, the dude brought a confidence. He brought an edge. He brought a cockiness that the Browns had not had in a long time. Prior to Mayfield, when was the last time you heard somebody associated with the Browns talking like this? When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I care to expand on that. I just woke up feeling real dangerous. (laughs) Good stuff, right? Entire city like that. 
Hell, the, the country like that. Everybody was rolling out of the rack every morning, feeling and looking to be dangerous. And then what happened? He led them to a blowout win over the Steelers in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. That was only 14 months ago. That's how quickly this thing flipped. 14 months. And now he wants out, I'm sure, and they want him gone. He led them to their first playoff win in a quarter century and nearly had them upsetting Kansas City in Kansas City the following week. That was less than a year and a half ago. And now he's saying goodbye on Twitter. If you had told anyone after that game that that guy would be looking to bounce in a matter of months, we all would have laughed. Or that the team would be looking to get rid of him, we all would have laughed. But here we are. Here the bleep we are. Here we are. Here the we are. Has he played his last down for them already? I don't know. But it sure as hell sounds and feels like it. And I'll tell you who's enjoying this now. Duke Johnson. As soon as Baker hit send on his phone, old DJ wasted no time in piling on. If you saw it, Duke posted a gif of a train wreck. Grudge much, Duke? Keeping receipts on your bathroom mirror much, DJ? You remember what that's all about, right? A couple of years ago, when Duke, then a Cleveland Brown, asked to be traded, Baker said, quote, you're either on this train or not. You're either on this train or you're not. So how long do you think Duke had been sitting on that? Man, you know that tweet was burning a hole burning. in his drafts folder. Then again, you call out another player for not being, quote, on this train, then you better hope that that train never derails. You better hope that train is a smooth ride and nobody tries to beat a signal and get in front of it. I guess what I'm saying is this. Certainly, Duke is Duke, and he holds crutches longer than Leave It to Beaver reruns. They're on TV more than Leave It to Beaver reruns. I guess what I'm getting at is, certainly, Duke is Duke. He can't turn the page and move on like Leave It to Beaver reruns. Duke is Duke. They're on TV more than Leave it to Beaver reruns. I guess when you get right down to it, certainly Duke is Duke. I didn't know what NFL team he was on, so I couldn't certainly see him Duke. on TV like Leave it to Beaver reruns. More than Leave it to Beaver reruns. I don't know. Certainly Duke is Duke. Baker should have known that because now he'll see train wreck gifts in his mentions. More than Leave it to Beaver reruns. Duke is Duke. They're on TV more than Leave it to Beaver reruns. You're either on this train or you're not. Dude, my man had been sitting on that tweet for three years. Just waiting, just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. And then when he got a shot, bam! I am pumped to announce that Manscaped has launched their ultra-premium collection. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. So join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code ROAM. You can now enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra premium collection. This package includes Manscaped premium deodorant, it dries clear, it's aluminum free, and it smells like their signature scent. Plus... Their hydrating body moisturizer. It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. 
and body wash with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with one easy step and a free gift. A three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. I'm telling you, this package is incredible. Get that ultra-premium collection hot right off the shelves. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Rome at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Rome at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. John Gross is my guest. John, it's good to have you on. How are you? Great, Jim. How are you? I'm super. It's good to have you back, John. Thanks so much. Now, you arrived in Portland ahead of tomorrow's game, and you're taking Akron to the tourney for the first time in nearly a decade. You have said that this is the greatest sporting event in the world, and if you ask me, John, you are not wrong. What makes it so special in your eyes, and then what does it mean to share it with this particular group? Oh, two, two great questions. You know, obviously, uh, having been in it before as an assistant uh, and a head coach, there's, there's nothing like it. I mean, until you experience it, it's just, it's, it's unreal. Um, I, I tell it's kind of like eating ham, gourmet hamburgers, and then all of a sudden you get a chance to eat filet mignon, and and, <laughs> and the guys, uh, you know, obviously we're just appreciative of the opportunity. And I'm happy to do it with this group because we've had such a great, great year uh, in terms of dealing with adversity, and our team has really come together and to have a chance to coach these guys who haven't had the opportunity to be in March Madness prior is just really special. We are talking Akron basketball head coach John Gross, my guest. Now, you beat Kent State by 20 in the MAC championship game on Saturday. This is an intense rivalry for those who do not know. The two schools are separated by roughly 10 miles. Winning a championship is always going to feel great, but is there any added significance because of who you beat? <laughs> Well, obviously, you're exactly right. You know, no matter who we played, that was the focus. But it is an intense rivalry. Um, we have made no bones about it from the time we arrived five years ago. That game's different when you play them. Uh, and I think Rob would tell you the same thing. So there's certainly an extra edge to the game. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, to be able to, to beat them in the championship game, you know, was, um, you know, a special opportunity. And, and uh, obviously, we're able to advance and get to the NCAA tournament and win the game as a bonus because it was the championship. So uh, there's, there's always a little bit more edginess when, when you play them. You know, I appreciate that response. John, I know you're looking ahead, but if I can just look back at that one last time, I want to ask you about the presser after the game. It seemed like you got a little emotional thinking about some of the teams that came before this group. So when you think back on your time at Akron, and in particular the early days, what kind of thoughts do you have? And what kind of things were running through your mind in that moment after this one? Well, it's a great place. I would say care a lot about basketball. Um, and I knew that when I took it, but we had a roster of only four or five guys remaining from a very successful tenure that Keith Dambrod had had. He'd just done a great job. But we had to start from scratch. And uh, that, that first recruiting class was a lot of those guys who won the 2019-20 MAC championship outright, broke the school record for regular season wins or tied it. And had just an amazing year. You know, we had an MVP, a first-team All-League guy, second-team, third-team, an All-Defensive guy, guard play, size, and then COVID hits. You know, you're the one seed sitting in Cleveland, and, you know, a few minutes before tip-off, after out for warm-ups, it's over. And so certainly over the course of the tournament this past weekend, I was thinking about those guys a lot. 
Um, and I know our players that are on our current team that played with those guys were thinking of those guys a lot and uh, what they meant to all of us. And, you know, obviously there's no guarantees any year you're in that tournament, regardless of what seed you are. But that particular team was a special team, and they just didn't have the opportunity. So I think it made us all feel even more grateful. No doubt. John Gross is the head coach at Akron. And then you've got Enrique Freeman, 23 points, 8 rebounds, and the dunk that set off a celebration in the championship game. For those who do not know his story, what was his recruiting process like, and when did you first see him? Jim, once-in-a-lifetime situation. It really was. The kid came to walk on tryouts as a sophomore, really wanted to do it as a freshman, but didn't have the gumption to do it at that point uh, to say, hey, I'm going to give this a shot. I think he would tell you, he was like, well, I don't know if I could make it or not. So he finally uh, convinced himself to come out as a sophomore in the fall of 2019. He shows up at walk-on tryouts. We don't know him from Adam. And we're like, whoa, this guy's 6'7". He's long. He's got good hands. He's a little light. But he's got a ton of potential, loved his motor, started to do more digging on student and person and the home run, home run. So we thought, well, let's at least take him and he could be on our scout team at minimum during the 2019-20 season. Well, as the season went on, it became very evident that, holy cow, this guy, he may have a chance. And then he, in the 2021 season, he comes back after COVID, has a phenomenal preseason, gained 20 pounds, and brought him off the bench in his first game – and he got 21 rebounds in the game. And from that point on, Jim, the rest is history. He started basically every game, became the MAC Defensive Player of the Year, an all-league player, and the MAC Tournament MVP this past weekend. I mean, John, I don't even know that there's a comp quite like that. I don't know that I've ever seen a guy so overlooked then go on to become the Conference Defensive Player of the Year, a tournament MVP, and a guy so critical to what you do. Then you have the case of Ali Ali, who had 15 points in the championship game. That's another player who was overlooked by every other program. When did you first come across him, and then what did you see when you saw him? Well, it was an interesting story as well because we went to Grand Rapids, Michigan, at an AAU tournament or event to really watch someone else. And my assistant, Dustin Ford, and I saw him. We liked him. And Dustin ended up staying behind to watch him more to make sure our eyes had not fooled us on day one. And uh, we continued to really like him and thought, you know what? This kid's got a lot of potential. He's six foot eight. He's got positional size and versatility at both ends of the floor. Great character. Work capacity was high. We kept hearing that over and over again. And so we, uh, we offered him and obviously took him, and you're exactly right. You know, from an under-recruited guy to an all-league player and to our leading scorer. So and it's a big part of what we do. John Gross is joining us. John, I'm curious. The media made a big deal out of the fact that some Kent State players shot that video the night before the championship game. It included profanity directed at your team. Is it something that you and your team talked about at all? What did you do with that? You no. Know, we talked about it from the standpoint that videos don't win games. And I realized our guys, obviously they saw the video and uh, I'm sure it fired them up a little bit. It was interesting, Jim, quite frankly, after the, it was all said and done, I asked the guys, I said, guys, did the video, you know, obviously it came out, you guys saw it. How many of it, and, and don't, you know, t I want to know the real deal here. How many of it motivated you guys uh, to play better, harder? And a couple of them raised their hands. You know, they did. You know, I said, hey, coach, you know, we, it, it did add a little boost, you know. So it's, uh, you know, again, it goes back to what you said originally, Jim. It, it not only was it the championship game, there is a, 
you know, it's a rivalry and, and there's edginess between the two teams. And it's, uh, in my opinion, one of the better rivalries in the country. I've been a part of it now for five years and, and uh, it's very intense. I love it. I love it. That's what makes sports great. Listen, the very best athletes know that your championship body is not built in a day. The same is true when it comes to your long-term financial goals. Get financially fit with M1, the finance super app. It's commission-free, and it makes growing your money easier so you can strategize for the end game. Build a custom portfolio or choose a pre-built portfolio that speaks to your goals. Then automate your everyday money moves and use your extra time to watch the highlights. They even make it easy to stick to your investing strategy by automatically rebalancing your investments every time you buy into your portfolio. That keeps your investments close to where you want them. That way, your portfolio sticks to the plan for the long game. There are no huddle-ups needed. Visit m1finance.com sports. That's M with the number one. Sign up and see why Money, Investopedia, and Yahoo Finance are proud super fans of M1. That's M, the number one, dot com slash sports. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. M1 Finance, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. John Gross joining us. One of the sayings around the program is, preparation trumps pressure. Can you lay that out for me? And then how do you go about instilling that mindset? Yeah, no, it, it is. It's a big part of what we've talked about really over five years, not just during this run or here at the end of the year. And our guys have really bought into it. They know that, you know, what I want them doing is I want them being mentally focused. Uh, and then when we play, especially in tournament, you know, we want to be physically loose. And where does the confidence come from? It comes from caring for each other it comes from our preparation and then when it's time to play we realize we're trying to play the perfect game officials are trying to officiate the perfect game you know we're trying to coach the perfect game and the reality of it is that none of those things exist you know and so I tell them you got to be able to deal with the good bad and the ugly as a coach official a player when these games take place and the ones that do that the best are oftentimes the ones that are successful and, uh, but we rely on that preparation big time. I think it gives us a lot of confidence in how we prepare. Isn't that it? Preparation breeds confidence. I know Thad Mata reached out to you after the conference tournament. What did he say to you, and then what kind of an influence has he been on you as a coach? <laughs> a major influence uh, and just a blessing for me and my family. And wouldn't be uh, have the opportunities to have my career without Thad. I, I you know, think very highly of him as a coach, a person, he's been a great mentor, but you know, he hit me and said, yeah, just keep doing what you do. You win. And I said, well, I, I had a pretty good mentor who taught me a thing or two. <laughs> I like that. So he was, he's been great and a big, uh, big part of uh, certainly my life uh, and our families as well as our career. John Gross joining me for a few more moments. So, John, what you have coming up against UCLA is you have a tough matchup. They all are, but you have a tremendous opportunity as well. As you get ready for the Bruins, what concerns you the most about them? Jeez, Jim, and I'm not just saying this, I mean, about everything. You know what's interesting watching them and diving into them? In my opinion, you're talking about a team that was rated by everybody in the preseason in the top four in the country and a repeat Final Four predicted team and so it's pretty obvious now that they're healthy they dealt with a lot of injuries in my opinion 
uh, because of those health issues, et cetera, et cetera, like they're not your typical force. I've been doing this a long time as an assistant associate head coach and head coach. I mean, they look like a one or two seed type team to me uh, as I'm watching them on film. Uh, I think they're really good offensively and defensively. Their numbers show that. And obviously they return all five starters basically from a final four team. So they've got experience. They've been there. They've got great poise. They play well together. They played so many games together as a unit. So, you know, it's going to be a great challenge uh, for us. But, you know, watching them, I mean, they're, they're really, really good. So, John, one last thought, because you've been here before. I mean, you have not only experience in leading teams to the NCAA tournament, you have experience in winning games, big games. You have a win over a three, a win over a four. What are you able to take from those experiences that you can apply to this trip? I think just, you know, in terms of the preparation piece, and I learned a lot. You mentioned Thad earlier. I thought he was really good in these situations. I learned a lot from him as well as some of the other coaches I worked for, but in particular him, and just trying to focus on the preparation on what we can control and getting our guys to the point where they really feel like, hey, man, I know exactly what we need to get done mentally here, and I'm going to be aggressive and physically loose and understand we're going to make some mistakes, but we'll play through those and figure it out. You know, um, as crazy as it sounds, Jim, I think in tournament play, everybody knows these games are important, right? They are. But I think if you get to the point where you make them too important, you start to play out of character. And so, you know, that loose element, I think, is really important. It's interesting, John, because uh, it's such a great point. If somebody's not loose, how do you get them to be loose? Like, how do you get somebody to relax if they're wound too tight? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Some of it, you know, with guys, you got to know your players. Some of you can talk to them. Um, sometimes you have to have different types of interactions with different guys because they have different personalities and they receive information differently. Each, each guy's different. But at the end of the day, Jim, I think they follow the disposition of the staff. You know, like for us, you know, we're in the, in the MAC tournament. You know, guys are playing music in the locker room. We're, you know, I'm just I'm trying to keep them loose because I want them to be aggressive. Um, and I, I, you know, I think that's part of it. And then, you know, obviously experience too, I think uh, helps a little bit too. You know, obviously UCLA has got a lot of that, um, as we get ready to play them tomorrow. I love it. I love the matchup. Akron 24 and nine. They are the 13 seed in the East and they've got that big showdown against UCLA tomorrow. Their head coach is John Gross. John it had been a moment or two, but great to have you on the show. Really appreciate it. And good luck tomorrow. No, it's awesome to be on and Jim appreciate you having us on and, uh, I know you do a great job. I always great respect for how much homework you do. It's pretty evident when I watch and hear you. So keep doing what you're doing. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of... Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. 
quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper or What's Your Beef. Back to the phones, and then I'll tell you what I did last night. Let's go to NoCal Vic. What's going on, Broadway Vic? Romy Ron, what's up, man? It's great to be back in the jungle one week after you unceremoniously ran me, just as I was about to describe Bella B's daily workout routine at the gym. But that's not going to happen today, man. I'm not going to get run because I'm here to talk straight sports today. Which reminds me, all you juvenile, sophomoric idiots bringing down the show with your tweets about Longwood University, grow the hell up, losers. (laughs) They're called Longwood. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Longwood. What the hell is this, the third grade? Dude, this is a nationally syndicated sports talk show on CBS Sports Radio, okay? I'm here to talk sports. I'm here to talk NCAA tournament. I'm here to talk about the great players to watch, like Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga or Oscar Shibuiwi of Kentucky. Or how about the Illinois Fighting Illini and their big man who dominates the paint, Kofi Cockburn. That's right. Cockburn is the man's name. And you better learn it because you'll be hearing loads of it this week, which is interesting, Rome. You know, I know Wednesday is an ATP day, so I'm going to go ahead and ask the pros here. Here's my question. If you didn't know anything about college hoops and I asked you, what is Kofi Cockburn? Would you guess that it's A, an All-American basketball player? B, a horrible on-the-job injury suffered by a Starbucks employee? Or C, the alias Mike and Indy uses at the free clinic every time he catches the clap? And I'll hang up and take your answer off. How about, how about you just hang up, period? James in Portland. What's going on, James? How are you? Jimmy, happy hump day. And I'd say happy hump day to Albie, but every day is a hump day when you're a sex addict. And, Jim, I'll tell you what, man. If Rick was in a fifth, we all be beaties. Did we all see Alvy's face during the What's Your Beef segment when the dude was talking about putting dog crap in a bag, a sock, a hat, and a bra? Alvy, you don't put dog poop in those things. You put yourself in those things. Come on! I don't know what it is about that guy <laughs> that I find so funny. <laughs> I am pumped to announce that Manscaped has launched their ultra-premium collection. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. So join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code ROAM. You can now enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra-premium collection. This package includes Manscaped Premium Deodorant, it dries clear, it's aluminum-free, and it smells like their signature scent. Plus, their hydrating body moisturizer. It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. 
and body wash with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with one easy step and a free gift. A three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. I'm telling you, this package is incredible. Get that ultra-premium collection hot right off the shelves. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROAM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code ROAM at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. Led the Tigers to -to back-to-back tournament titles and NCAA tournament appearances. Has led three different programs to the NCAA tournament. Texas Southern beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi last night. They are the 16th seed in the Midwest, and they've got a major opportunity in front of them. They've got Kansas tomorrow night. Johnny Jones is the head coach at Texas Southern. Johnny, it's great to have you on. How are you? Doing great. And yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's good to visit with you. Let me start right here. You played in Dayton last night. You've been playing in Fort Worth tomorrow night or will be. What have the last 16 hours been like for you and the team, and how fired up are you to get back on the court tomorrow night? Jim, can't tell you how excited we are. We um, had a, a great opportunity there in Dayton on last night and, and played a very good Texas A&M Corpus Christi basketball team and, and uh, fought um, our way to victory and uh, certainly put ourselves in position uh, to play a um, very dominant and, and tough Kansas basketball team. But after a game last night, we did our due diligence in terms of taking care of all of our uh, media responsibilities and uh, headed to the airport, um, got on a plane that they had there waiting for us, and we got into uh, Fort Worth last night and probably arrived at the hotel probably at 1230. Um, and uh, so that was our day yesterday. But the early game helped us. Uh, playing around six, uh, yeah, six forty um, Eastern time there, and then getting here about twelve thirty Central time uh, to hotel here in, in Fort Worth. But it's something we're excited about, and uh, look forward uh, to playing a um, great Kansas team. Like I said, it's been quite a sixteen hours. Johnny Jones joining us. So last year. Johnny, you beat St. Mary's in the first four, but because of COVID, there really were not that many people in the stands. John Walker the third said last night, quote, it was electrifying. It's the kind of stuff that we missed last year. This year made you feel like it's the biggest sports show on earth, end of quote. I mean, how different did it feel to you, and what do you make of the way your players responded to playing on that big stage with all that energy? I thought it was great. You know, last year we were in the bubble, so it, uh, the playing game didn't happen in in uh, Dayton, it actually was in Indianapolis, and uh, so it, it, it uh, had a, a certain feel to it because of the fact that everybody couldn't get in and your regular fans. Last night was different. Indiana was playing Wyoming after our game, and uh, so people were packing in there early uh, in the arena last night. Uh, so it gave our fans, I think uh, the, the, the fans there obviously didn't have a dog in the fight. A lot of them didn't, but they chose one. Uh, as as the game went on, so the cheering and the, having the bands back in the arena, uh, I thought it gave us a great deal of energy. Uh, both sides, I thought they guys were able to play with that, but our guys were able to feed off the emotion, the energy, the people that was there, and it was certainly a huge difference uh, from last year what we were able to experience um, being there in, in Indianapolis 
uh, planning to have pretty much half-empty arena. You know, it's so great. The energy is so great. Johnny Jones joining us. Johnny, I would imagine those fans that were there that did not, quote, have a dog in the fight, they probably were really curious watching the way you went about it because anybody who watches your team knows this is not a one-man show. In the first 10 minutes of last night's game, you played 10 different guys. I mean, that's really unique in basketball, <laughs> but it's not out of the ordinary for you. As an example, you've used 18 different lineups this season, and nobody averages more than 24 minutes per game. What do you like about that approach? Well, I tell you, it, it, it helps our basketball team. We had a lot of guys return uh, from last year's tournament team uh, and championship uh, group, and then we had an addition of about two or three other guys that have really impacted our basketball team. So really couldn't go into, I thought, um, and be fair to the other guys coming in who's really impacted. One of the guys that is with us now is Bryson Grisham, who played uh, started 19 games at the University of Houston last year that went to the Final Four. Started 19 games, averaged 17 minutes a game as one of their primary post guys. He's coming in. So to be fair, I let our guys compete every day in practice. Our practices are, are really energized, and, and, and guys get after it. And then all those guys know that they have an opportunity to start and play significant minutes provided that they come in and work every day. That's really helped our basketball team. And now our guys, it's not about who's starting. It's not about the egos. They know that they're going to get minutes. So their preparation mentally is that they're they're ready to play. And I think it's really helped our team. I think it's helped the chemistry of our basketball team. We don't have any selfish guys. Nobody's trying to go out and, and get theirs. But on any given night, we know that guys can put up a lot of points. So we've got a great deal of balance on our team. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons that we were able to cut down some nets this year and then even get to the um, tournament and, and advanced in it. Johnny Jones is the head basketball coach at Texas Southern, and they've got a big one. They're going up against Kansas tomorrow night. I want to go back to the start, Johnny, of the season. There, I mean, there are tough non-conference schedules, and then there's what you folks did. You played everybody to open up the year, Oregon, St. Mary's, Washington, BYU, and more. How much did those games prepare you for moments like last night and then going ahead to this game? Well, Jim, what happens is uh, you either have a chance to uh, be out there on the road and you can fold, you can break, because we start off the season 0-7. Our first uh, four games, we spent 10 days out west at the beginning of the season. Uh, once we left home, we played four games out there. And uh, so you have a chance to either splinter out there or you have a chance to come together. Although we were losing games, our guys were becoming closer because I emphasize that we're getting better uh, as a team throughout these games, not whether we're winning. Learned a long time ago uh, from one of my pastors that used to talk about you're either, um, you either, you, sometime you win and sometime you learn. As long as you're learning, you're never losing. And so we were learning a lot at the beginning of the year and putting a lot of emphasis on where we're improving, getting better against these top quality teams. And through that, because of those guys sticking together, we wind up uh, knocking off a very good uh, top 20 Florida basketball team and has allowed our guys to see if we continue to work hard, some special things can happen for us. And I think that has really helped the chemistry of this basketball team and really the tough schedule in the beginning has really propelled us to the team that we are today. Johnny Jones joining us. Johnny, I've got to ask you about my guy, Eric Musselman. You and Musk go back a long ways. He coached for you at LSU. You coached with him at Nevada. How did you first connect with him, and what made you think this is a guy that you wanted to work with? Well, I had actually a guy on my staff who was more familiar with him than I was. I was I recruited, um, 
bringing in Ben Simmons um, at the time and was excited about that. And I wanted to make sure that we had some type of NBA background on our staff. We had some college guys, but nobody with any real NBA background experience. And I wanted to make sure that we surrounded those guys uh, with the proper people that we were going to prepare them, especially for the one year that they were going to be with us. And uh, Eric was that guy that was available. He had been at Arizona State. I uh, called a guy, recommended a call him. We called, I called him. We got together. Uh, we certainly developed a really strong, good relationship. He decided to take on the responsibility and he did. And we were only together for a year, and he wound up getting a job there at, um, at, at Nevada. He never was there with us uh, the year that uh, Ben Simmons came in. But that relationship, it, it obviously kicked off something that was very special, and we obviously were very close and, and still friends today. And he's doing an outstanding job. And um, they're, uh, they're at Arkansas, but uh, tremendous relationship, great basketball coach, and enjoy watching him. And he did a great job the year that we were together in Baton Rouge. I was glad to be out there and be a part of his staff um, there at, at University of Nevada. And I think we both uh, really helped each other and learned a lot from each other during that time. And I'm hopeful during his time uh, in Baton Rouge that there are some things that he learned in our time together uh, that has helped him in, in the area that he is now. Uh, because I know his time with me certainly uh, helped me grow as a basketball coach. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that he would say the exact same thing about you. Let me finally ask you this. Your son, John, plays for you. And I've talked to Mus in the past about what it meant to be around his father. I used to interview his father, in fact. And then to have his son as a part of his staff. You have a great tweet that includes photos of the two of you repeating the same pose at one NCAA tournament after another. What's it mean to have this kind of time with your son? Well, it's unbelievable. You know, that first one that, that that's on there, I was the head coach at the University of North Texas, and he was uh, just a, a, about maybe seven or eight years old, and we were at a tournament, and they had that pose, and we started doing it. And I just couldn't tell you how blessed I am and fortunate uh, that I'm in the position that I am now that he's playing on my team. He won uh, three state championships in high school. We went out there and worked with Musk for a year. He was on that team, went to the Sweet 16 uh, that that year we were with Musk, and I got this job, and I'd be dang if I wasn't uh, going to be in a position that my sons won championships everywhere but with his dad. So <laughs> right. I've been very fortunate the last two years to, to cut down some nets with him, and he's really assured me that it's been about him and not me uh, because we was winning because that's all he's ever done <laughs> was won championships. So it's it, it's been really good. It's something I wanted to do. I've always been a, a Division One basketball coach, so I could never – get involved with him doing AAU basketball or him or any of his friends. Uh, but I could do individual skill work with him. But this is the first time I've had a chance to coach him. And it's certainly been a huge blessing and something that I would cherish for a lifetime. I was just going to say, I, I guarantee without even knowing, but I guarantee it's going to be one of the biggest thrills of your entire life. And I know you know that. So finally, it's a quick turnaround. It's a major challenge. What is your biggest concern when it comes to facing Kansas? Uh, they're a very terrific basketball team. I've been knowing Coach Bill Self for a long time, tremendous coach. Uh, his program, uh, the tradition of uh, uh, Kansas' program is um, right there at the uh, top. Our guys know uh, what task that's in front of us, but we were so energized last night to play, to get to this moment, to play a great basketball team uh, like Kansas. In their special group, they've got great inside play. Their guards are phenomenal. 
and they were they're well balanced and uh, so it's certainly going to be a challenge for us tomorrow but it's one that we certainly look forward to he is the head basketball coach at texas southern and they're right where they want to be with an amazing opportunity in front of them they are the 16th seed in the midwest and they've got their shot at kansas tomorrow their head coach is johnny jones johnny thank you so much great to have you on the show and good luck to you tomorrow night we'll be watching i appreciate it thanks so much for having me on jim and go tigers you can beef about anything at all. That's what I'm here for. Usually, you hope the first one's going to set the tone. Let's see. Jimothy. My beef is with people who bite their fork or spoon while taking a bite of something. It shouldn't make me mad, but hearing that fake silver rattle against those chiclets makes my blood boil. Mike in Mini. I've never heard that one before. Rome, my beef is with people who come into my restaurant and treat me with tons of respect, but still won't tip 20%. I don't care if you treat me like crap, insult my mother, and send your drinks back 50 times like Dodger Jano. Just give me my 20% tip, and then you won't be considered a piece of garbage. Garbage! It's interesting. I don't care how you treat me. I don't care how nice you are to me, man. Just give me my 20. Adam in South Jersey. I feel you, Adam. I get it. Hashtag, what's your beef, Snags? I have a beef with Hollywood. Not having a star on the Walk of Fame for you, a Hall of Fame radio legend. Damien in Greensboro. Can't you just buy those things? I think they're like 15 girl. You could just buy them. I mean, my man, don't, don't take that personally. I just haven't wrote the check because I don't want to buy my way on. In fact, I don't really care if I am or aren't. Am or are not. But I appreciate it, Damien. Thank you. Hey, Vance Mack. My beef is with my vertical leap. As a young buck, I could touch rim. But now at 42, if Callista Flockhart passed out in front of me, I don't think I could jump over her body. Sincerely, Casey, New Hampshire. Wow, you want to talk about a throwback. Callista Flockhart. What was that show she was on on Fox way back in the day? Allie McBeal. Wow. Throwing it back, Case. Pars R99 tweets, My beef is with how you Yanks pronounce the word about. It does not have an A in it. Therefore, it should not be pronounced about. War Canada. Whatever, bro. Rome, my beef is with ointment. It comes in these big tubes, but you barely need to treat the odd scrape or cut. Then one day when you need to use it again, but it expired six months ago, and there's still 99.9% left in the tube. Memo to ointment people. Use small tubes. TB40 dork. Trying to convince the world he's retiring. Thinks this is a ridiculous scam. There is your leader in the clubhouse for originality. Let's see what else we got here. Hello, Jim Rome. My beef is with there goes my million dollars guy after he loses his second pick of the NCAA tournament. Hey, stupid. You were never going to win anyways, and no one cares how much money you have. Jeff from PDX. This one says, my beef is with motor-mouthed speed-freak hosts 
of nationally syndicated radio shows, not the jungle, who give out their phone numbers so fast that all I can hear is the first eight and then some rude, indecipherable mismatch of vowels and consonants. Hey, you Usain Bolt, slow the F down so the rest of us, not just Peter Carroll, can understand what you are saying. Dennis in San Luis. T. Rob Actor. Hey, Jimbo Slice. I have a beef with the list of reasons to go. There are simply too many of them, and I'm too old to be throwing the hands that often. You don't have to, dude. It's not mandatory. I'm just saying there are universal reasons to go. It's not mandatory. You don't have to go. Like, if somebody spits in your face, that to me is a reason to go. You should go. It's the ultimate sign of disrespect. But it's not mandatory. I mean, do what you want, Rob. Go or don't go. I don't care. Jim, my beef is with callers who screwed up. Self-glossed, had to read their weak takes, got beaten down, went away, and don't bounce and shake it off. That little truant Gavin comes to mind. Hey, kid, suck it up. Get back in here so we can pound on you some more. Mike and Snowbird. Hey, Jim, my beef is with my wife who always uses insider lingo and acronyms when she is telling me how her workday was, expecting me to understand what she's talking about. Hey, sweetie, I have not read your airline's operations manual. I'll make you a deal. I will not talk to you in boring accounting speak, and you will not expect me to know the loading procedures for a Boeing 737 MAX, okay? Glenn in Calgary. I like that one. Sounds like a fair deal. Ah, looky here. Look who's back. Romy's my homie. Jimmers. I got beef with the kooks that broke into my girlfriend's car and stole absolutely nothing. If I'm going to have to listen to that gas bag complain, it better be worth my time. Do better, crooks. Acrimoniously yours, Abby in San Diego. Abby, did you just call your girlfriend a gas bag? Hey, Jim, my beef is with whoever the hell the Browns organization thought to go for Deshaun Watson after one bad year with Baker. Baker is going to be healthy this year, and you're going after an alleged sex offender. Who are we? The Steelers? Wow, Will and Erie. Snags, my beef is with 15 items or less guy. This guy loads up his cart with groceries and slides his way into the express lane that gives the, my bad, I didn't see the sign. Maybe if you would take a break from crushing the Heath bar in line and lift your head up, you would see the rest of us with a pack of gum. Be better. War Eagle, Clubber, and HB. This one says, my beef is with people that take up your offer to help them move. I thought it was some unwritten rule that when somebody offers to help you move, you kindly just say, thanks, but I've got it taken care of, even if you don't. Yeah, because buying two medium pizzas and a 12-pack of beer to share amongst four grown men is going to be enough to make my back pain magically disappear. Zach in Vancouver. Hey, Rome, I have a beef 
with my coworker that turns in their bracket for the office pool and has picked nothing but chalk for every game. He does it every year with all number ones going to the Final Four. Then he claims he gets third place every year, which means that he gets his $20 back. Such a bag. Aaron in Iowa, I feel you. This says, I have a beef with myself when I forget the dog's poop bags when I take them on walks. I have to pick up my dog's messes and put them in the following over the years. A sock, a bra, a hand, a hat, a shoe, a coin purse. Any other suggestions would be welcome. Sarah T, a bra. War lady clones. Had to pick up my dog crap and put it in my bra. Look who's in the queen. Nika at Nika989. My beef is with the tenderonies who don't understand my rule of don't call me, I'll call you. There's the queen. That's the best one yet. Benjamin in Vanna, quote, my beef is with college basketball coaches who dress like they are infinitely at practice. Take some notes from coaches Cal, Cronin, and Oates. If dressing down is an attempt to relate to young people, realize as a college coach you are a professional. Dress like it. Trevor tweets, hi, Jim. My beef is with all these bleeping athletes who are hyphenating their names. What the bleep happened to having just one name? Now it's a mouthful. War Lady Clones. clones. All right, let's go to the phones. Usually not as good as the tweets. Let's see if it's going to be better. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Oscar in Austin. Oscar, my man, what is your tweet or what is your beef? I got a beef with chicks who think that they're so hot that when you pass each other by in the street, they got to look back at you to see if you're going to stare at their hiney after you pass them up. Hey, toots, don't flatter yourselves, man. Half the time, you ain't got nothing worth looking at anyway. Outro. Oscar and Austin. Well, I did say that any and all beefs are welcome. Got that, toots? 1-800-636-866. Eight six. Let's go to Madison. That's my town right there. Pete in Madison. Pete, what's your beef? Hey Jim, uh, my beef is with the parents of little like five, six, and seven year old boys who take them to the barber and have the barber cut the kid's hair all short and neat up around the ears, but leave some long piece in front of the ear to look like a sideburn. It's the most ridiculous look I've ever seen on a kid. I mean, seriously, what's the next stop? After the barbershop, Mom, does your son have an audition to be an extra in a live-action remake of a Rankin-Bass Christmas special? Is that why you asked the barber to make Johnny look like the Burgermeister? Moister Burger's about to come to the house and take away all their toys? Or do you just get a $2 discount because of... Ah! <laughs> I got it. No. The point oh of the beef oh segment is to get in, get out. Get in, get out. Get in, get out. I got it. His beef is with kid haircuts. You know what my beef is when it comes to that? The fact that Dodger Jano would not cut the kid's hair. Uh, she's like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so pretty. Look at the curls. I'm like, yo, if you don't get that kid a haircut, we're going upstairs with the razor right now, and he's going to get a Marine cut. It's like, I think Jake was like 12 before he had his first haircut. 
because Janet would not give up those beautiful blonde curls. Yeah, she saved them. You know it. She's got a bag of it somewhere. I guarantee it. That's kind of funny. Let's go. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Vacaville. Andy, Andy, what is your beef? Jim, my beef is with you because whenever I take a day off to listen to your show, you seem to take a day off at that same time. And then when I am getting close to retirement, I get the feeling you're going to retire. And uh, I appreciate Bert Fussberger telling me that, uh, telling you that he wants you to never retire. So that is good news. But uh, that's, that's all my beef is. All right, so dude, this is what you do. Submit your vacation schedule to me. And then I will work my vacation schedule around you, whoever the hell you are. Just kidding, Andy. I feel you. Listen, I do take a lot of vacation. Do you know why? Do you know why I take so much vacation? Because I get so much vacation. It's inevitable. Let's go to Wisconsin. Christopher in Wisconsin. Christopher, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. My beef is with these $40 coffee thermoses. I fill it up in the morning on my way out the door, and I can't drink it for an hour and a half, so now I've put ice in it. Ridiculous. I'm going back to my scratched-up generic gas station one and saving myself the hospital bill. My man, I feel you. He's got a beef with his coffee mug. What, it works too well? It's keeping your beverage too hot? Sorry about that, bro. Sorry that your mug is doing exactly what it's designed to do. That's what you get for buying a, quote, $40 designer mug. You get a product that works well. Damn this mug. It's keeping my coffee hot. Too hot. Let's go to San Francisco. Phil, good to have you, Phil. What is your beef? Yo, really quick, I got to say about trimming the lettuce. I got a nine-year-old, I feel you, 100%. Yo, my beef, I mean, probably best summed up as bad timing. I mean, I just, why is it every time I got to make a run of 7-Eleven after eating some messed up Afghani food or Indian food? There's a hella hot chick from the neighborhood in line next to me. I mean, it, I mean, this is perfect timing to watch me drop some Pepto, Imodium AD right on the counter. You know, those sexy products. And it's like, I'm trying to see this chick and she thinks I need to see a gastroenterologist and I'm walking out of there with my head down. Like, it's a curse, Romy. This is all bad I'm oh out. man you are what you eat Phil Dude, that was so great he's like anytime I eat some Indian food or Afghani food and my stomach's all jacked up wouldn't you know there's some quote hella hot chick in line behind me at 7-eleven and I'm dropping Imodium on the counter how am I gonna spit game when she sees that I'm buying diarrhea meds <laughs> Oscar it is the great equalizer, bro. I'm sure she understands. Let's go to the ABX. John in the ABX. John, what is your beef? Hey, Jim Rome. Hey, John in the ABX. No, ABQ, ABQ. My bad. Ah! Don't correct the host. Even if you you're like right and I'm wrong. I don't like that call. Alvin's not going to have it. All right, so I don't even know what the ABX is. It's just on the screen because one of the dopes across the glass put it up as ABX. So I figure there might be an ABX. I don't know what the ABX is, but there might be one. And John's like, no, dude, it's ABQ. Hey, John. Of course, right? However, Alvin's policy is do not correct the host. So he ran you. I have to admit, I don't agree with that policy. Like, 
I'm always the one saying, you have to own it. You have to own it. I was wrong. I got that wrong. I mean, it's really Ritz's fault, but I got it wrong. I said it. It came out of my mouth, so I'm responsible for it. Sorry, bro. Alvin apparently is not changing that policy. This has been a pretty good phone segment, though. I'm going to keep it going a little longer. What is your beef? Obviously, I meant it when I said it. Anything at all. Listen to what people are beefing about. Anything at all. And everything. 1-800-636-8686. Bang and tell phone calls. Let's go to NoCal. Kevin... Is he line four or five, Chalk? All right, not happening. I'm going to try and keep this thread alive one more second. Let's go to Matt in L.A. I know he's got beef. What up, bro? What's your beef? Oh, man. LeBag fans doing victory laps because of his scoring average when the damn Lakers are 10 games under 500. Enough already. And Hobbies is overrated. Dude, did you just say Javi's is overrated? I know you didn't say that, Matt. Bro. If 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 I'm the only person in the world who's happy to have you on this show and allow you to be on this show, because believe me, Matt, I am the only one in the world who's happy to hear your call. Take that to the bank. Yet I do. And I keep taking it. And how do you repay me by calling me up and saying Javi's is overrated? Dude, did that just happen? Hope that was worth it. Although I know it's not. Hey, man, you're entitled to your opinion. You really are. But your opinion is wrong. If anything, Javi's is underrated. If anything, I'm not giving my man Javier enough credit. I'm giving him more credit than anybody I've ever given credit to, and it's still not nearly enough. And, dude, did you just say Javi's is overrated? That'd be like me saying, hey, Matt, you're underrated as a caller. Hey, yo, bro, to that take, outro. Wow, man, I can't believe you went there. What a terrible take and so wrong. Let's go to Kentucky, Jimmy. Good to have you, Jimmy. What's your beef? Jimmy. Hey, man. What's up, Jim? What's up, dude? Yeah, man, I got a beef with the Bassmasters tournament. There ain't no women in there. It's all men. You know, they call us anglers. We need some vajanglers in there. You know what I mean? No, no, Jimmy. I don't know what you mean. But I, but I do know this. Now you're done. Now we're all done. Not a very good call. This is what I get for getting a little too greedy and having too high an expectation and stretching that segment out when I should have known. Leave them wanting a little more and this thing. I get one guy trying to tell me that Javi's is overrated and then that guy. Now you're done. Good night now!